And welcome back to the Supercoach Experience podcast. You're in the preseason with Mike and Jake. Episode three is today. We're going to be reviewing the front rows and the second rows. And we'll also do of a little bit of like a hyper speed trial wrap up. As always, for this pod, I'm your host, Mike, the coach of Trip Checker Mafia. And as usual, I have Jake with me, the coach of Kiss My Behinds. How are we, Jake? Yeah, good, mate. Uh, it's, it's good to be back in, in footy well. We've got a week of trials. We had the um, Indigenous game, or Indigenous Maori game, and it's good just to have footy back, I think. Um, I, it's, it's been a while, but uh, we're back into it, and it's uh, the super coach runs well and truly heating up. Yeah, th- that it is. Um, it's, we're getting into the swing of things. Um, more importantly, after the trials, have you really have you been changing your side heaps? Have you seen how you been going with the team tinkering? Yeah, I think I think every super coach was uh, was watching games and had their phone in one hand tinkering with players. And I'm sure once some player did something, they were straight in the team or figured out a way to get in the team. Then they did something bad straight out of the team. So. Um, yeah, I played with it a bit. Not not drastic changes because couldn't take too much out of that first week because a lot of teams were under strength. Um, but it's something to you know think about and uh, put put in the back of your mind, especially some of the, the sides that were kind of playing position or playing off positions. So you know back row spot or back spot for like with Canberra for example. So it was good to kind of get a watch on that. Um, but I think next week's trials uh, are going to be more key, where you know more of the um, First team has come in, and we see a bit more of a we get more a bit more of a gauge on where teams sit going into round one. Yeah, I think it sometimes can be a bit of a trap uh, with the trials because I think it happens every year. You watch it, you go, "Oh my god, he's killing it!" You chuck him in your side, and it gets to round one, and it just does not work out the way um, you want it to go. But obviously, when you're in contention of a couple of spots and you don't know who to choose, I guess a bit of form in the trials is, is good to see. Um, and yeah, like you said, Jake, uh, I think you know we'll get more proper sides this week. Um, obviously, the Panthers have their World Club Challenge. I'd be good to see if you're interested in it, some of the Panthers. It'll be good to see them. I think you know they're going to give it a big red hot crack. They want this title, so I think you know getting a we'll get a bit more inclinations. Um, but yeah, well, the NRL season's only really what two weeks away. Uh, round zero, as you call it. So it's going to be weird getting really excited for the start of this one and. You only get four teams teamless, but nonetheless, um, happy for the footy to start a week earlier. And yeah, I, I think you'd, I'd, I'd be calling a bluff if uh, you haven't been changing and tinkering your sides because it's just, we're getting into the heat of it now. I think there's so many options. There's so many things I keep ticking over. And every time we have this podcast, I go into mass changes the time after because I reflect on it. And um, yeah, same as last week, Ch- uh, teams change a lot. A lot of the opinions I said on the last one kind of now go on. Maybe you're wrong. And uh the beauty of the preseason, right? Yeah, spot on, man. Um, even even for some of the things I've said in the last um, couple of podcasts, I'm like, hmm, maybe I might need to rethink what, what I've said and start to second guess a few players. But no, I mean, yeah, won't lie that there's been a couple of changes. Um, I think the the big one is the, the news of of I know we're kind of not really going to go into the into the hookers, but uh, Jaden Braley. Looks like he's not going to be right for round one. So a lot of play uh, super coaches that were kind of banking on, you know, 330k um, dummy half. You're going to have to find money somewhere to uh, go up to someone that's at least playable because I don't think there's going to be anyone else around that price or less that's going to be any worthwhile. I think you know, if if there is, they're probably going to be stuck like Sony Luke in our teams like like last season, and we don't really want that. So I think a lot of players are going to have to go up, and that requires. Um, you know, cutting a bit of uh, cost elsewhere on your side. Yeah, I agree. Um, last week after the kind of the pod, I ran the two mid-rangers, jumped on the hands and Braley. Then that news come out and I was like, oh, shit. Starting to like the look of my side. And I've now, I'm in the position where I've obviously had to upgrade. Um, Barry Tui is reporting that Jaden Braley uh, should be right to go for round one. Uh, whether or not that's in New South Wales Cup or in the first grade team, we're not 100% sure, but that's enough to scare me. To bank on starting Braley at that price and not be trapped to him, you want a Braley that's fit, playing in the trials, and the fact he's now still carrying another injury issue, I just think you're you're really asking to to hurt yourself. You know, you've, when you put plan your team, obviously you're going to have to take some risks at round one, but you've also got to moderate the risk you take and try and take, you know, Pick the the right risk to kind of take while while you're at it. So, um, 
yeah, for me, I think, you know, uh, you know, basically for people not knowing which one to start out of hands or Braley, I think it's more clear cut. Um, is Braley, you know, is, is hands hands could be the same kind of trap, but at the, in the end of the day, I think you got to, you had to take the pun on one of them anyways. But um, yeah, although they are the hookers, I did want to quickly recap on some of the important news from the trials. Braley was one of the topics that I did want to cover. So we've got that over and done with. I'm not really going to go over the scores or nothing like that. Um, Bulldog Storms game. Um, Samuel Hughes was very impressive. Um, I guess I don't want to really cover too many of the mid-rangers because we'll be talking a lot about the mid-rangers today. He's obviously a cheapie from the Bulldogs, and we'll just talk about him now. Um, he looked great, denied a try, very busy, and just a big body. But um, I remember seeing a, a, a video from the Cast Patrol guys that Savs like to share a lot of their stuff. And um, they did an interview with Karaz, and Karaz was saying that Sammy Hughes is the most fittest guy in the team at the moment. And, boy, didn't he look like it um, in a team like I think if people didn't have him in their side, I think he's the guy to lock in for that price point. And it seems after this trial, there seems to be a lot of those guys between two to 300 that are starting to put their hands up. And it's nice to have a bit of options for front row for once. Um, but yeah, I think Samuel Hughes, like, yeah, he even looks like an option if he gets, you know, the 30-ish minute mark. I think he could become a play. Uh, what do you think, Jake? Samuel Hughes, no-brainer? Pick and stick? Yeah, yeah, I think he's going to be one of the most stoned players. Uh, cheapy. He looked, in terms of all, across all games, I think he was probably one of the standouts. Um, I know he kind of bombed that try, dropped it over the line. Front row is going to be excited when they're trying to score a try. I can understand that. So, But, yeah, he did look one of the best. He's probably the biggest body at the club as well, which the dogs kind of lack. Um, I, I think he could even get a start. I, I don't think Farmer Silly uh, or Liam Knight really set the world on fire. So I think... Hughes, I reckon if he has another good trial next week, I reckon he might be starting for him. And like you said, if he's starting, you're going to get at least 40 minutes. He's probably going to be a lock to, yeah, like you said, going to be a man in the play. So I was impressed by him. Yeah, it'll be interesting because if he's starting, you think he'd get around the 40-minute mark. And if he gets a 40-minute mark and with the PPM it looks like he's going to have, obviously we had a small sample size last year. Um realistically, for my second front row, I'm happy for them just to turn out a 40. If you can somehow turn out a 50, that's great. And then that even gives you, like, if you wanted to take a chance on someone like Kepi or a Totola, having someone like Samuel Hughes, it kind of helps you while you're navigating through that period because it then you go, all right, if Hughes is going to pump me out of 40 to 50 and this guy fails, at least I can also have the option of who I play from week to week. Um and also just adds a bit of depth to your side at a pretty cheap price in a position where normally the guys you're getting at 238 are a real slow burn. So, um, you know, I agree with you. I thought Pharmacilli was actually pretty good for the Bulldogs. So I think realistically looking at it, I thought Liam Knight was pretty mud and reminding super coaches, although he seemed like a tempting option to kind of stay away. Uh, I was one of those ones that had him cause I liked the jewel and I was like, all right, yep, here we go. He's finally going to be an option. But, um, he gave us – That's I guess we can thank the trials for that because he gave us a good reminder of to stay as far away from him as you can and also help Samuel Hughes. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it will be either him or Pharmacilli. And realistically, I think he could still pump about 40 minutes looking at it from hindsight, um, even from the bench. So uh, let's hope you can. Um, the big one, which I think a lot of super coaches were looking at in that Storm game, was uh, Ryan P- uh, Pappenhausen. Um, both obviously good and bad news. The obvious one here wasn't kicking goals. Um, not sure if obviously, you know, first came back in a trial that they didn't want to maybe overload him. But at the same time, it's good to note with the injuries that he's come back from, his speed was, he looked unwarranted from from the injuries. And he was, I think that was the main thing that you wanted to see. Like you combine that and the goal kicking, I'm 100% starting with Paps. But the fact he wasn't combined it with, He's got an early uh, buy and he's got a really tough draw. I did have Paps in my team before that, but all of these made me want to upgrade him just because I'm like, there's too many risks here. You're risking a re-injury, no goal kicking by the looks of it. And then the fact that uh, his draw is tough with the ball. I'm just like, there's too many, uh, like, you know, hurdles. Jake, what was your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, like like you said, he looked good. He looked quick. Um, the, the try scored off the kick. Uh, where he just absolutely blitzed everyone chasing to get to that ball um, first. As for the goal kicking, I know I have, a, I have a feeling he's just, they're kind of just easing him in. Didn't want yeah. to make him worry about goal kicking, you know, 
lot of knee mechanics and ankle mechanics kind of in, in goal kicking. Don't worry about that. Just focus on getting through, I guess, 40 minutes or however, however, however long he played. Um, I think they might give him the goal kicking. Nick Meany, he's a all right goal kicker, but he was missing some absolute howlers last year. And I think Pappenhausen's probably a lot better goal kicker uh, than him. Um, we'd like to get a, a bit of a you know preview on who's going to goal kick maybe this weekend, but again, might not be anything. We might get Meany goal kick or even Pezzett goal kicking, and we don't kind of see who's leading the race. Um, and, and again, with Pappenhausen, I guess the early buy, the rest of the fullback options don't have a buy for, for you know. M- middle of the season so that's kind of a, a way you can kind of like you said hurdle and go towards someone who doesn't have a hurdle in front of them yeah i guess the main thing is like he's going to cost you an extra or oh, like 160k less than all those other options and you could use that to fix your Jaden braley problem so i understand why you'd be starting with him and it's like if i get real desperate come season one i might have to take the punt on him but Realistically, I think like, you know, if Tom sets a world on fire or Scotty Drinkwater goes on a tear and you're going up against, you know, players that have that kind of combo paired with a ponga, you could see yourself fall behind if it just doesn't work out. So um, for me, you know, I'm happy to watch Paps. And obviously because he's a lot cheaper, he's going to probably soar in price if he kills it. Then you can kind of jump on. With that buy, you could look to round five if, you know, touch wood, but say Tom gets injured or one of these other guys goes down, then I think that option comes into play. So, uh, yeah, I guess we're both in the same minds of that one. So with a lot of other super coaches. Um, so, yeah, we already spoke about um, Braley. I think the, the big watch in the Knights there, which I guess is going to be a big watch and will be, you know, their ownership will surge in prices. Whoever wins the left-edge spot for the Knights. Um, obviously, we didn't see Kai Pierce-Paul, but we saw... Dylan Lucas, he was amazing, scored two drives. He looks so good. And to be honest with you, um, if he did win that starting edge spot, I'd be interested in him because he's available at the center wing. But if Kai Pierce Paul's on that bench, are these guys going to kill themselves? Uh, oh, sorry, kill each other. Super coach, not kill themselves, sorry. Are they going to kill each other's super coach output by minute sharing? Which, you yeah. know what I mean? If That's what worries me. 499 for Dylan Lucas. I guess with Kai Pierce Paul. You're spending a lot less to take that risk, Jake. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That's kind of why I'm a bit uh, I'm an ring over Dylan Lucas. I think Frizzell pretty much locks in at 80 minutes. There's a couple of I don't know where I saw it, but they might have switched into the left. But I, I think Frizzell's going to stay on the right, and then, yeah, it's whoever's going to play left um, for the Knights. Because I think it was more like a trial between Lucas and Jed Cartwright. I think Jed Cartwright was good, but I think. Um, Dylan Lucas was obviously was the peak, scored two tries and was damaging when, whenever he got the ball. And then again, um, Kaipi's Paul, I think, is trialling this weekend. So we might get a, big a, another yeah, big watch on what way the Knights are going. But, I mean, the Knights absolutely towered up my Sharks. And a lot, a lot of the there – there was a wing. I can't remember his name, but he he looked good. Um, he played on the oh, right. Oh, the winger for – yeah. yeah uh, he's, for the Knights. Oh. Um, Armstrong was it Armstrong? Yeah, yeah, Marvin Armstrong. He was a big body, um, and it would be golden if he. he yeah, David he Armstrong. I think he deserves a spot on the on the wing. I thought he was fantastic. Um, just the way it's he carries a, the ball, he's fast. But it looks like Tawal is probably going to get that spot, which is unfortunate for super coaches because he's not a cheap. It's it's interesting you bring that up because I, I definitely think that spot's not sewed up. It's between Tawala Milky, which is obviously Tom Jenkins that they signed from the Panthers and Armstrong. So realistically, I think he'll warrant to be in that trial again. And with another big performance, maybe there is a small outside chance. The only negative with Armstrong at the moment is his only fullback only in Supercoach. Uh, when he had that performance, I had a look, which sucks. Um, do they change things like that beforehand? Sometimes they do. Hopefully um, he does get that duel because obviously if he gets it, you know, when they do the next regret, it'll be a little too late. And I think it'd be absolutely crazy to start with him, even if he's on the wing uh, and fullback only. So, um, yeah, let's hope he wins that spot. Uh, from the Sharks, Kale Iro, uh, yeah, what are you thinking? Like, I don't know if he did his hope any. Like, uh, yeah. he didn't set the world on fire. No, he didn't. I mean, not, the Sharks really didn't. They scored two early tries, and there were very few first teamers that were in there. They kind of came off and. And Newcastle just went on a, on a spree. Talakai did play in this game. He came on late. Um, he didn't really set the world on fire either. He had an, it looked like an ankle injury. I don't think it's serious though. But yeah, 
KO Eero didn't really, you know, impress or um, do his do his job any favours, I guess, uh, potentially earning a spot over Talakai if they were to move him. Um, but I still think he's going to be the next back down um, if one of them do get injured. So there's always that, that if a shark back goes down, that KO Eero is probably going to be the next guy to, to fall in because there's no Connor Tracy there anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly right. So I guess um, a lot of people are hoping that he gets named just because there's such a lack of that bottom dollar center wing. So uh, we can only hope, and I guess we'll get more of an inclination at this week's trials. Um, I don't want to go over hard because I guess we could spend this whole hour really going over the trials. So uh, we'll just do a bit of a brief one. Um, the Roosters named a pretty full strong side. Um, some important ones that I like the look of, which we'll kind of break down uh, Tupanua, um, you know, Sam Walker, Tupu was really great, uh, really good. Um, on the other side of the field, Vega, I thought was pretty strong for Manly, kind of gave a bit of Georgie to Tafua uh, vibes. Um, and then on top of that too, we have uh, the Raiders. I thought um, Weeks looked really good and James Schiller both looked good. So kind of a bit worried about running some of these Raiders. So um they did. They did look pretty good. Um, Ethan Strange and um, Chevy Stewart didn't really set the world on fire. Although Chevy Stewart was great in defence, didn't really like him in attack, and um, I didn't really have weeks much. But after seeing him play, um, I know it was like a, a weaker side that they were, they were like, oh, they versus Eels. Eels did have quite a few first graders in there, but at the same time, at his price point, if you're needing that extra money, which I've gone Caesar back down to him for now, uh, it's hard to really go past him. Jake, any thoughts on that? No, I 100% agree with you. Your analysis there on on both them ones. I think I think with with the Roosters as well. Important Dom Young uh, injured doesn't look like he's going to be right for round one, which will cause like a reshuffle. Well, there was kind of like four. There's four spots, so both centers, both wingers, and they kind of had five players. Billy Smith being kind of the fifth player um, that will kind of get a spot now with Dom Young not playing. So it's kind of like a who then falls out the week after. So that's I guess a watch with with Dom Young. It was a it was a crusher tackle from Sipley and yeah, apparently neck damage or something. So pretty worrying. But I think he's all right and should be all right for round two. Yeah, because if he's not right, it's yeah, basically you know they're going to start with the Billy Smith Suwali too. But I don't have to worry really about dropping one of those guys. It'll just be when he comes back who they drop. So I guess it kind of makes it a bit scary picking someone like Suwali. Although you don't like. He shouldn't really miss out on his spot. Um, you never, you never really know. So it's going to because they've they've got a lot of options. Roosters. Um, I think a lot of the other options that stand out we can discuss because a lot of there's a few forwards that I like the look of, which we'll go over this. Um, okay, we're going to go into second rowers and front rows. Um, obviously, Savs and Tim have gave their outlook on what they think about it, and we might cover some of the same options. Uh, Anyone that's been watching the pod for a long time knows I'm a big fan of the mid-rangers and, you know, the fact that there is so many this year, I'm going to be taking a full full swamp of all these options. And um, I think with the lack of cheapies, yeah, I think of the full cheap, uh, the lack of cheapies at this stage, I think one way you can make up for it is the mid-rangers. So I want to mainly highlight the mid-rangers. Obviously, there's some guns like Jermaine Hopgood, Nakora, Owakalatu. Um, I even I like Elise Katoa, which I know the boys spoke about. Um, I definitely don't mind if you want to start with a gun. I like all of those guys, Chuck Cam Murray and obviously David Fafita when fit, but to me, I just can't find the money to run one of these guys to make the teams well. And so I want to highlight mid rangers and now we have a little bit of a sample size from some of these guys. Um, Jake, you you can start, mate. Uh Who's someone caught your eye? Who's do you have someone that stayed in your team from the start and uh, you're hundred percent starting with? Uh, well, I think the the guys in in majority of teams is Sean Lane and and Curran. I think we can kind of maybe talk about them quickly and kind of move on because they seem the, the the locks for for most teams. They're over thirty percent owned. Um, Sean Lane down last year because he had that injury, so he's heavily discounted. Um. I mean, he looked all right. He only played 20 or so minutes on the weekend and he did. It. He only had a couple of runs, but it did enough for me to say that, yeah, he's kind of going to be locked into that left edge spot and we, we'll have Dylan Brown with him there and um, I expect him to go 
back, you know, back to two years ago when he was averaging 65 or nearly 70. So, um, yeah, Sean Lane, he was locked in straight away. Curran, I mean, he wasn't locked in straight away, and he probably isn't locked in just yet because we haven't seen anything from him. But going on the Bulldogs, uh, we've seen in the past couple of years um, that he can be an absolute gun, uh, work rate-wise, an offload, tackle busting, all that. So I think at, what, 420K, we potentially can expect him to play lock uh, for the Bulldogs. But, again, don't know, haven't seen anything from him, but... Um, I think de- those are two guys that are definitely undervalued and the Supercoach community definitely get behind both of them. Yeah, um, Sean Lane, yep, 100% agree with you there. Josh Curran, I currently don't have Josh Curran. Uh, very worried about him. Um, we did get to see him play on the weekend in the Indigenous side. Looked pretty good, but the main thing with the Bulldogs is there's just so many question marks. What's their bench going to be? And I actually... You know, as a Panthers fan, wasn't a massive Jermaine Salmon fan, but I thought he played amazing in the trial. He was roaming. He played so a bit nice. So nice. Constantly yeah. roaming. And, like, if someone like him drags that spot, either way, you're going to have someone like Salmon. Hacho, if he's not Salmon, someone like him could Kurt be on the bench. Kurt Mann. All those guys are going to take minutes from Locke. And to be honest, a lot of these mid-range options, a lot of them have a chance of playing 70 minutes plus. At 421K, Josh Curran, I'm not confident in how many minutes he's going to play. And if he gets around the 50 to 55, maybe he just does what he did last year and just isn't, you know, when Curran's been an option in the past, he's been playing close to 80 minutes and I'd prefer Curran on an edge. If he was on an edge, I just think, you know, he's, he's such a good hole runner as well. So for me, he's just a wait and see. And there are so many Bulldogs options, man. You've got Kikau, who, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um, this, you know, Hacho could be an option. Sherry could be an option. Um, Karaz, Max King, like they've just got a lot of options. So I don't want to, with a team that's got so much to prove and I'm not sure how they're going to go, I don't want to overstack myself with them. Um, but at the same time, 31% own, like you said, Jake, and the price is right, but I feel like there's a lot of guys around that price. And at 31%, I'm happy to, you know, fade him to start with. If you're wrong than these guys, you've got a chance to jump on before their third price rise Um I think the fact with all these mid-rangers, if, say, you've got Pia Cora and Pia Cora does no good, um, you can easily jump off him. But the hard thing is with a lot of these guys is it's not going to take – all it's going to take is one big, like, 80-plus score for them to start getting a nice little small period of money-making. Um, I was mentioned Pia Cora. Uh, Pia Cora scored a double on the weekend. Uh, his super coach points were 77, played quite a few minutes. Um that's worrying a few people going, oh, you know, he doesn't really have much base. But I and Pia Cora is a bit of a pod towards the end of last year. And, yeah, he he, he required tries a lot of the time. But I, I honestly, I think, you know, even against the tougher sides, like he runs such a good hole. And I expect to see quite a few tries from him this season. So, realistically, picking him, you know, you just pick the matchups. And I still think he's a viable option. Owned by 26% of coaches. Um, are you liking Pia Cora, uh, Jake? Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I- even you like you said, even from last year, we kind of got the feeling that he's going to be attack um, stat dependent. But he's going to be playing the Broncos. You know, Reese Walsh wrapping around. He's going to have Reynolds, Ezra Mim, whoever's on whatever side he is. He's going to be scoring tries, and we saw that on the weekend. Um, although they were versus a, a you know, Cowboys outfit without any of their major players, uh, he apparently picked up a bit of an injury at the end. Uh, Pia Core, I think it was a knee or something injury. So I think Correct. it's been like a PCL or something. Scans, sent for scans. So he could be one that we miss out, which I guess might shrink the pool of our mid range options. So, yeah. Uh, so which, which is, yeah, I mean, I, I, could I prefer to have, yeah, he, heaps of options. So everyone, you know, can pick the ones that, that they like. But if we're kind of losing a Pia Cora, it's one less good option that we're kind of maybe missing out to start with. It just all depends on his scans, but at the same time, I guess it's a little bit worrying, the fact uh, yeah, they've got to travel to Vegas and that, so yeah. it is a little bit worrying. Uh, but, yeah, at this stage, obviously, fit. I like him as an option. Um, one of the next more – Talis Duncan, we'll talk on quickly. I know a lot, of the, a lot of people have hyped him up. Played off the bench. Honestly, uh, looked like, you know, some people calling from the start, but I'm pretty confident in saying I don't think he's going to start at this stage pending injury. Looks like Jai Arrow will start at that second row. And I think he can be an option at some stage. If Duncan can stay around, you know, play similar minutes he did last year and then an injury pops up and then he has more of a role, he can be a guy you could uh, jump to later. But 
on the flip side, Jai Arrow, uh, a gun of the past, and a guy that just keeps seeming every preseason keeps to just dangle a carrot in front of you and go, I might be an option. And then you have a little bite of the carrot and then you realize, oh, shit, like he starts pumping 40s and 50s. And uh, look, I'm not keen on Jai Arrow at all, no matter what carrot he's dangled in front of me. But Jake, are you? Uh, yes, mate, I'm looking at that carrot. Not for second row, but the fact he's available at front row, I'm looking at that carrot and going, it was good a couple of years ago, I think, when he was playing edge. Because last year he played like no edge. But the year before, um, he was playing on the left edge um, and he was averaging 55, I think. But he was kind of playing a bit of middle as well. So he was getting, kind of getting a bit of base in it. But um, I think I think, it might, I think he was playing on right edge on the uh, weekend, actually. So I think he might be... I think they might be swapping. I think they'll throw Colin Matangi onto the left and Arrow onto the right, which it's, uh, I know we weren't really going to talk about guns, but Colin Matangi, do you like him on the left? I don't think in the south side that prefer to go, say, Cody out the back. doesn't really play a short ball much. Cody prefers to go out the back, say, Latrell, or, or shift it straight out to, to Alex Johnson. I think that might hurt Colin Matangi. So I think Jai Arrow being on the right might be slightly more beneficial for Jai Arrow than him being on the left. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's a good point to make because we saw that article that the Bunnies were exactly talking about what you just said about switching him. Um, it could really, really work, obviously having all those guys around him. But at the same time, you're right, they're going to be looking to find the Johnsons and all that kind of stuff. But I'm sure with him switching, they've been running plays to give him the short ball because obviously, you know, Demetrio won't want it to, you know, lose his strike weapon. Um, a Colobantangi tempts me every season. I can see myself being tempted at a later point, but... Um, yeah, I'd like to see how, how kind of that unfolds and how he looks on that left edge. But I think for sure, one thing for sure is he'll still be scoring tries, bro. He's just he's just a freak at he's finding that try line. He's an animal. Um, next option, uh, 16% ownership's been going up a little bit. Uh, Bo Firma, um, I've had him for quite some time. Wasn't in my first draft, but um, yeah, he's back uh, according to like – you know, insiders in the Titans that is, um, you know, like they say for all, I'm training the house and but just one of the fittest guys in the club at the moment, which is, I guess, good to hear coming back from a pretty big injury, which is why we get him at such a discount. And the other big news here is, which would be the big thing to take account of, is that David Fafida is obviously not going to be back till round five, I think it was. Will Firma start on that left side, which I think is a huge chance, and if he does there might even be a chance if he lights that up, which we know he can. Maybe Fafita comes back on the right. Obviously, new coach, Des Hasler, anything could be. But I was keen on Firma at the right-hand side because he just seems to find the try line so much. And a guy like Firma can give you about 40-ish in base at times. And you take that for 467K with his upside. Um, Yeah, him on the left just sells me the case even more. But either way... As you say, the options are getting a little bit fewer. I'm, I'm pretty keen on Firma, even with the early buy. Uh, your thoughts, Jake? Yeah, I, he was one of the first players picked for me. I don't know. I didn't go into it because he was kind of a bit less less owned. But, yeah, he was one of the first players picked. Average 65 two years ago. I know coming back from a ACL injury, you know, you don't expect the same output. But I even had a feeling that he was going to start edge and for fair to go back to the right anyway because Firma – you know, two years ago was playing left and Fafita was on the right. So I, I, I had a feeling they were just going to throw Firm. I think having Foz there, Firm is more of a hole runner, uh, which benefits um, Kieran Foran. So I think that's potentially why they would have gone firmer on the left. And, you know, Fafita is to get him the ball early and he'll do something, which probably is more beneficial to, say, a, a, a Tana Boyd on the right. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Firm is going to you know, keep the actual left edge spot for for the Titans and, yeah, lock him in. I think he'll average over 60 at least. We saw two years ago that he's an absolute try-scoring machine um, and, I mean, don't expect the same thing this year, but I think the Titans are definitely a better side than they were two years ago. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And it was good to note that at one point, like, the, the defence looked pretty strong at the, you know, the first half and then it kind of slipped away. Um just want to quick take a quick note. I forgot to have a reminder that this podcast isn't live um, as of yet. It will be when we start the actual season. So just um, obviously when we're talking about things it's, as it happens live, we're recording this on a Monday uh, this week. Um, just got a bit of a 
kind of a live update from Savs, live as, as, as I mean for us, that uh, confirmation that Broncos back row, uh, rower Brendan Piacora has an MCL strain. Reading between the lines here, it doesn't sound like he'll play in Las Vegas. So we just were speaking about him 10 minutes ago, kind of um, a bit of a bummer, but obviously comes back a bit later, could be an option for some of these guys that fall. So realistically, with not much extra cash on my side, just kind of not liking Josh Curran, I might have to go Josh Curran uh, at this stage. So uh, I guess I'll have to review that after the podcast. But um, yeah, I guess we don't warrant want injuries for anyone, but at the same time, injuries, if we get cheapies out of it, are nice, but it's not good to be copping these injuries. It seems like we're copping them to all these popular own guys, uh, Braley now, uh, Piacora. So uh, it's stinging, that's for sure. Let's let's move on. Um, there's two options at the Roosters. One that people are kind of buzzing a bit about. So see Wong, 10%. After seeing what this guy can do, his game is built for super coach. The problem with the Roosters is they are stacked for second rounds. You've got Nat Butcher, who I think will demand a main spot on the right side or whatever side he plays. He'll have that. And then you've got see Wong. You've got, obviously, Tupanua, and then you've got Angus Crichton. So whether or not they fit all these four guys, I don't think they will. I think you'll get three of the four guys. And there's a world where, you know, um, Si Wong might miss it all together. Um, a guy that I've been pretty keen on um, and is only at 4.2% at this stage. But obviously, with people like P. Cora dropping off, I see him an easy switch to them for a lot of guys. It's this Tilly Tupanua. Played really pretty good on the weekend. Does what he does normally, and he scores tries. Um, am I worried about playing Tupanua with the fact with Crichton on the bench might only play fifty six minutes at four at three hundred and ninety eight k? I'm not I'm not really worried. Roosters love to shoot that side. I really think the Roosters going to be an improved outfit. So I, I really like Tupanua as an option. I've had him as kind of like a sneaky sneaky pod for now in my side as a way just to kind of get a bit more money going. Someone like kick out to him. Um, Tupanua, do you have him in your side yet, Jake? And I'm sure if the answer is no, that you might look to flick Piakura to him. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, Piakura at the moment, and yeah, Tupanua. Um, I think the fact that the Roosters rolled out with a pretty full-strength side uh, on the weekend is kind of maybe leaning towards Tupanua probably being a starter. Um, and and so on. I think he was on the extended bench, so he kind extended of... bench with Crichton on the bench, it. correct. Yeah, missing the team altogether. Um, so, yeah, Tupanua, sub 400k. I think, yeah, definitely a big option with uh, Pia Kurug not being there for round one. I think if you don't like Karen, again, Tupanui could say 30K going that way. Uh, we've seen, you know, in the past, he's a tri-scoring machine. He's averaged over 50. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely like it. Um, again, probably don't expect him to play 80 minutes. I think, we've you know, they're going to carry back around the bench. and pro- I mean, Tupanui, I think... I watch. I was watching bits and pieces of the Roosters game. I think when Angus Crichton came on, Jubinu might have been playing a bit of middle, or Crichton might have been playing a bit of middle. So I still think there's going to be quite a lot of minutes um, for whoever does get that that edge spot for the Roosters. So yeah, I'd be pretty safe, you know, going 400. And if it doesn't work, you got Pierre Cora coming back in a week or two that you can kind of just straight swap him for. So I think, I think yeah, there's not much harm in uh, in going. Uh, the only thing, you know, obviously they've got a really tough draw to start with the Broncos, Manly, Bunnies and Panthers, but it just seems like a lot of these guys do. And you can't always worry about the draw because especially some of these big second rollers, they can crash over no matter who, who they're versing. Um, don't have to worry about the bite around 14 with them. And a lot of these guys that we're talking about, the reason what makes these mid-rangers so good is a lot of these guys are guys that we've seen at 600K plus and have gone down in price based of injury or positional switches last year, which means you're getting a lot of these underpriced, you know, guys that we have we know their sample size. They're not a guy like, example, Talis Duncan, where we have a small sample size. Of. So it's kind of why the strategy with the mids is to go for these fallen guns. Oh, some of them aren't guns, but, you know, Guys that we, we've seen what they can do and believe they can get back to it if the minutes come back to them and kind of their role gets back to them. And obviously, their side's improved. Um, I think what year it was. So in 2000, last year, uh, he averaged 39. But in 2022, we averaged 53. And in 2021, he averaged 55. 
So he's priced at an average of 39. All those previous years we mentioned, there's been a lot of injuries to some roosters and come quite a few injuries. You might see him playing 80 minutes on the edge, which I think is gold. So it's it's a no-brainer. And I know sometimes, you know, we try not to talk about the super, super pods, but these guys are going to be going up in ownership for sure with all these injuries and carnage. And um, I guess just a lot of people didn't think he might have started. But to be honest, it makes sense that Robbo would go to someone like him. He's been there and done it before. And Wong's just probably going to have to buy his time, unfortunately. Um, next option. Um, Did you want me to throw one in, Mikey? Bit... Yeah, go for it before I go to my next one. Well, well hopefully I haven't stolen him from you. Is uh, Sean Bloor? No, you haven't stolen um, him. No, okay. So, yeah, yeah Sean Bloor. We didn't see the Melbourne kind of, apart from having ours, and rolled out a, a second team, I guess. Um, but they did roll out Trent Liero at lock, and it looks like Trent Liero is going to be playing middle um, this year. He was a bit underwhelming last year in terms of output on the edge. So it looks like Sean Bloor might get an edge spot. Um, and outside Munster, I think that is pretty golden. I know he's kind of burned us a bit in the past. Sean Bloor, he's been good in patches. But I think under Bellamy, um, new, new, new team outside Munster, I think he's going to be... Not quite. I don't think he's going to quite hit the the Katoa heights, but I think he can definitely go close because he's a damaging uh, runner and super coach friendly game. I think so. What about you, Mike? Is Bloor anywhere near your side? He's not at this point in time, obviously, because I prefer guys like Pierre Cora. But obviously, with that news, he'd probably be someone I prefer to jump to over um, Curran, um, especially if he's starting on that edge spot. Also, it's important to note that Jack Howarth. Not too bad in that Indigenous and Maori game. And obviously, he wasn't able to be trialled into that Storm game. So we might see him get trialled. I think Bloor could be ahead in the pecking order, but we're, we're not too sure. Um, so it'll be interesting. Hopefully, Bloor gets a run at this trial. But if he's starting on that edge, I'm always going to take a Storm second row at a mid-range to cheap price. Look at Katoa last year. Um, for all those reasons you said, yeah, I'd, I'd want him. Personally, I didn't have him at the top, but... At this stage, yeah, we're looking for someone around that price. Like, he's only going to cost you an extra 20K to jump from Piacora to him. So, um, yeah, 100% an option if he starts. It's just whether or not he does because they do have quite a few, you know, people that could fill in there. But yeah, surely well, uh, try and, they tried to get him across early, right? Yeah, well, so, well they did. The, the, yeah, so they, they chased him to get him across early. I think they made what the kind of player swap with Justin Olam to sort of make it go through. Um, smoothly. So yeah, I think the, the Storm are really keen on this guy. So it'd be silly not to, I guess, actually play him. I guess, well, they were kind of keen on how if they gave him, him a big contract. I haven't really seen anything from him yet. So again, yeah, he, he might be in the in the conversation as well, which would be all right because he's a lot cheaper than uh, than Bloor. Yeah, 100%. Do you currently have Bloor on your side at this stage? Uh, yeah, I do, yeah. Uh, and they do have the round four buy, but at the same time, with these mid-range guys, I think it doesn't matter as much. I think when you choose them between high-priced players, then then it does. Uh, but with the plethora of mid-range options, like, you know, it's not hard for you just to switch around. I'm using big words today. I'm, I'm getting good. I don't even know. If, oh, you got they sound like they out today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. All right. So, yeah, see, there's, there's just so many guys to talk about. And I know there's, there's still more that we've got to cover because I think the second role is a bit more comprehensive than the other. Um, let's talk about... The Cowboys. So the Cowboys now with Lulua hasn't confirmed to be going, but he's looking for – he wants to leave. Raiders, Dragons, looks like a suitor. So if that's the case, he leaves. There is potential on the one edge. Obviously, Nanai takes up one. Um, and we assume that Hilum Luki, who is a mid-range option, 470K, we know what this guy can do. He's got so much potential. But he does have – I'm going to try and pronounce it. Yes, I was hoping you are going to try and Kuli- pronounce it. Kuli Kefu Finefuawaki, which I feel like isn't a bad guess, but I don't know if that's right. For your standards, Mikey, that is exceptional. Finefuawaki. I feel like that's close, but I I wasn't paying attention. Um, He did score a try on the weekend, and this guy looks like a weapon. And if he's at 290K, if he comes off the bench, so we're obviously talking about both of them here. Um, I am kind of looking for a second row on my team around that low price of three to three fifty. I've got like someone like him or Palacia kind of eyeing off. Um 
And to be honest, if he's starting on the edge, if there really was no one else and you wanted to take a punt on him, I don't even hate taking a punt of him even on the bench. I know it might sound a bit crazy, but it seems like this guy that's just going to come on and even not starting, impact player, score a try. I, I just I just see it happening. This guy just, in the small sample size I've seen of him, keeps scoring tries. So, um, Hilliam Lukey, same thing. Like, will he kind of share minutes with this guy? Because I assume at the start, at the end of last year, uh, we need a nickname for this guy because I can't keep it now. Like, Kuli Kefu, um, the machine. Like, he, he just keeps on, um, he was on the bench towards the end of last year. So, I'm thinking he's going to get a bench spot uh, this year. And it'll be interesting to see if we have a share minute role. But, um, yeah, Lukey looks like he'll go in as a pod, and I don't mind either of these guys. Um, Jake, your thoughts on these two Cowboys? Yeah, I think they're definitely going to share minutes with each other. And even maybe Nanai, if you know, the Cowboys are going well, Nanai's going to be spelled for them. I think they're both going to be in the side. I think Lukey will probably start. Um, the, he's a gun as well, Lukey. He just cannot stay fit. Um so I think he'll start and then, you know, 20 to 25 minutes uh, for Fine Fuyaki. So, I mean, they're going to take, like you said, take points off each other. Um, not ideal, especially, I guess, for, for Lukey. If you're going that, he's a mid-range option. You'd like him playing 80, but I, I don't see them both playing 80. Um, or, I mean, well, either of them playing 80, I guess, because I think Nano is definitely the pick of the back rowers. So I'm I'm staying away from him, even if um, Fubiaki was, I guess, on the bench. Still, I don't like, you know, 20-minute, well, 10 to 15, 10 to 20-minute back rowers uh, in my side, even though he's, I mean, he's not going to be bottom dollar. I think he's like 290, 90, yeah. yeah, so he's not exactly bottom dollar, that 90K. I can, well, actually, I don't even have an option. Like, less than that, he's kind of a, I've gone up. Um, but, I don't really like either of the options. Um, I do like Nanai, actually. I mean, a bit more expensive, more towards the gun category. I think Cowboys can improve, and I think he can. But, again, the amount of, I guess, mid-range or, or cheaper options that are fallen guns or you know, potential guns um, or it's, on the brink of it. Yeah, I prefer it's a good point to make. In all our podcasts, we've really hammered that, you know, we think the Cowboys are going to have a bit of a comeback. And there's a lot of these guys that did really well in 2022 and had a lean year last year. If you're going to take one gun, I'd be happy to pay up at 583K and take some like someone like Nanai later by. Not a bad draw. As well. That's what I mean. Like, obviously, he's Last one that try. solely relies on, you know, needs tries to really bump up a high profit game. But we've seen him price at like the 700K at one point. So. You know, oh, that's, that's a good shout at 3.9%. I don't think he'll really rise much higher than like a 7 8% I. I think it'll be a good option. I think a lot of the guys will be looking like while we play in the start of the season, looking to jump off some of these mid-ranges to these options before they get too expensive. So it's going to be interesting how everyone bridges off these middies or what they do with them and how you hold on because you want to be picking these mid-ranges and kind of choose the one that you think is going to be someone that you can keep. Like, you'd, you'd be buying Sean Lane thinking, I'm going to hold this guy for a pretty good amount of the season if he doesn't get injured. So I guess, which ultimately saves you a trade later down the track. So I think that's the key point to make here. Um, we did speak about um, Josh Curran before, but we didn't really speak about Vilami Kikau, who comes in 11.9%, which isn't that bad. I did have Kikau on my side Um you know, a bit of an ex-Penner fan. I know what he can do. And last year, he didn't really show the Bulldogs what he could do. So I think this year he can. You put Crichton over on that left side, and I, I really like him. I personally, just to make other changes in my team, dropped him to Tupanua to that extra 70K is, is was, you know, to me, it was a lot to be able to upgrade where I needed it. So I'm happy just to wait and see with Kikau. But at the same time, base isn't that great. Ugh. Relies on tries a lot, but I really think that you know they may come a bit more this year if the Bulldogs, you know, look pretty good and they play great on the week in the trials. I know can't take too much from that, but um, if Kickass fully fit, you know, I don't expect him to play eighty, but he's definitely an option at that price, Jake. Yeah, I mean, Timmy has a love affair with him from uh, the year he won, so I think yeah, Kickout. Although, you know, the dogs are not going to be the damaging side that Penrith were, um, I definitely think he can do better than what he did last year. Uh, I think the dog, you can expect the dogs to improve. They've 
they've signed well. Um, I expect their combinations to be better. They've got a pretty much whole left side Penrith combination. So surely it starts to gel and they, they do well. So I can definitely see uh, Kikau being you know another one of those mid options that, and I guess he does have attacking a lot of attacking upside where a lot of these other ones kind of don't like current doesn't. Um, I don't know we mentioned Arrow. Arrow doesn't really have it either. Um, so he definitely has that high attacking uh, super coach game. And that's someone you can definitely consider. Yeah, 100%. Uh, let's move over to the front row. We won't have a big well, Sorry, I, I'm just going to – just on, on trial form, um, I don't know if he, even if he gets a spice run, I'm going to be considered. But at 326K, I was impressed with Alex Safarth from the Tigers. It looks like he might be actually be starting lock for him. Um, so that's one to kind of watch maybe this week if he – you know, gets more minutes in a more meaningful trial. He's kind of someone you might want to watch, annoying that they have to buy first round. But uh, it's someone that just on trial form I was quite impressed with because Tigers kind of rolled out a, a starting side that might be similar to what they roll out in round two because they don't play round one. Yeah, the main – for newer polls in a lot of the – or Polo, however you want to pronounce it, um, a lot of the predicted lineups for the 13. So, yeah, if Safaf does, uh, we're talking about I wanted a lower range a second rower uh, instead of like a Palacio or uh, the Cowboys guy that's very hard to pronounce. Um, you could – he could be an option like more so I think with the Tigers jump, if you're going to VC someone say like a Ponga and he goes nuts, I'll be looking to a Tiger that I want, example, a Caesar or you could take a pump with safe after to loop for that week, but that turned into an option the week after. So could be of a, a bit of a pot that could work out. Or someone that we're very impressed with as well, uh, Api Korosau, potentially one that you could use as a also, option yeah. if you wanted to get that hooker. Also that, the only difference with an option like Korosau, who I can see the interest in him, cost of 200k more, where if you're taking a punt on like a safe half and that, it's a lot of a cheaper punt. And to be honest, in your second row, like you need a bit of a cheaper guy. And if we don't get Dylan Egan, which doesn't look like it, um, yeah, I, I like that shout on Safar. It looks like he's going to play a bigger role this year. So um, no one's got um, dibs on that lock spot. You know, it's not like a Baden or Papali are playing lock. So, um, yeah, I, I, I really don't mind that option. Um, yeah, I guess it's also kind of a lot of the guys that played for the Indigenous and Maori teams would be good to see them go back to the pack this week and um, kind of see how they look in their lineup because I really want to see Palacia in the Titans and just see a lot of all these other guys, you know, because Palace is another one, which I guess we're going through front row. He's a front row, second row I want to talk about. He was my starting, one of my starting two front rows for a bit. I've kind of just nudged him down to second row because I actually have a dual front rower at the moment. So I like the fact that I have one way to switch between, which is a bonus if you can make work. Palacia, another one, come from the Broncos. I'm pretty sure that he's another one that they, I'm not sure if he got a release or someone that they wanted over there ASAP. They got him ASAP. Um, and, you know, there's a potential that he could start at the Titans, whether or not it's prop or lock. Um, I'm really only interested in if he starts his jewel, 365K. And the small set, like what we saw it in the Broncos, looked pretty good. He's the kind of guy, if he goes out 40 minutes, if you can roughly get around that, for that price point, I think he can make some money. Jake? Yeah, I don't, yeah I don't mind Palace here at all. Yeah. Obviously, it's going to depend if he does kind of get a start. He needs to start, yeah. yeah Otherwise, I prefer I, I, a punt I, I, on safe half. Yeah, um, with with Tino demanding, you know, 70, 65, 70 minutes a game, it's kind of a lot of middle minutes, and they kind of share it with with their with their bench. Um, but yeah, Palacio is one that the Titans wanted. Um, they have quite a few front rowers. None of them really set the world on fire, apart from Tino. So there's definitely a spot there, whether it be lock or, or the two front row spots wherever Tino sits. And knowing that they have an early buy as well, the Titans, cause you, then you kind of be forced into playing one of your uh, bench front rolls, which if we get Sam Hughes, we're probably going to be fine playing Sam Hughes anyway. So, um, yeah, I, I, I can see why Palacy is um, definitely an option. Yeah, 100%. So the option at front row this year, normally I always stick a pain Haas or a main front row. And I think this year with the plethora of the mid-range options and wanting to stack all Use these... Use that word can... again. He loves plethora. Yeah. That's just a good word. But... um. Yeah, seeing all these other options and obviously stacking it up, I just can't see a world where running, you know, the gun halves, your gun fullbacks, how I can fit a guy like Haas in. Um, Haas had a bit of a lean game on the weekend, really, very un-Haas-like. Um, no, it was a trial, and he's going to be a gun either way for this season, but I just can't pay up. This, Like most years, I try and 
pay as little as I can. And I kind of, this year, we have quite a few mid-range options in the front row. So I'm not going to steer anyone for, away from Tino and Payne Haas. I think they're the top premium options. Tarpane looked amazing in the Maoris game. I can't talk any of him, but we're not going to deep dive into these higher price front rowers because I think, you know, I'm not going to see anyone if they want to spend it. Yeah, go for it. Like they're great options. But um, looking a bit at the guys with a bit of value here, we'll talk a little bit about a bit of the cheapies. Um, you start us, Jake. Uh, who's the, who have you picked as your front row? Do you agree with me or have you spent up cash for a front row? Um, I mean, it's, I've had different builds. Um, you know, I've gone the Haas route and I'm like, you know, I can save 200K and spend that on more upside players or upgrading a player that's probably going to score me 20 points to someone who's going to get me, I guess, more in, in, in that gap um, that going down to someone like a Ruben Cotter. I'm keen on Ruben Cotter. Um, he's got the captaincy now, the Cowboys. Had a lot of niggling injuries last year. Um, he was kind of managed, I guess, through last season. Um, had some head knock issues as well, which they're kind of monitoring him through the offseason. I remember seeing it was him and Ezra Mam, I think, um, that they kind of been um, monitoring in the NRL to make sure that, you know, they're, they're ready to go. And if he is, you know, he's captain. I expect him to be back to, you know, two years ago when he was sort of announced himself and he got the origin spot. So I expect him to be a lot better than, than he was last year uh, in terms of super coach output. So that's why, and I think he's like 20 something percent owned. So a lot of people are leaning that way. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of them. He's my main front roller. I've been all over the Cowboys all preseason, 26.4% owned. I think that captaincy is a big one. Uh, we know what Ruben Cotter can do with minutes. I think that will help his cause and all those reasons you said. He's also a dual um, handy. Like, you know, if you do run a Palacia, uh, when the buyers come, switching them between it can be a handy one. Although the Cowboys, you don't have to really worry about the buy for a little bit. Most likely will play Origin, especially if he goes on a run. And we saw what he did there the year before, so can play prop, can play lock. Um, you know, uh, it's a no-brainer. I think if you're not starting to gun, uh, the price is right for me, 542K. I think even if he doesn't set the world on fire, I think he can at least score at what he's priced at, which is the main thing you want to look at when you are spending money on some of these uh, uh, players. Um, a guy that really stepped up on the weekend, obviously another one I'm keen to see play for the Broncos this week, Um Played in the, obviously the Indigenous Mary game for the Broncos. Xavier Wilson, Willison. I, I kind of, he played really good in like the trial they played against like the Tweethead or whoever it was this, the week before. Massive. He, this guy is huge. So, so big and tall. And just that kind of front role that's going to come on, play limited minutes, but you're going to assume he's going to have a high PPM and he's going to look like scoring. You know, you're not going to play this guy, but you want a guy that, you know, is looking like he can score some tries and he makes that whole slow burning process a lot quicker. So um, after that performance, I was always, he was already on my radar, but after that, if he jags a bench spot at the Broncos, which I believe he will, um, I'm all over him, even if he plays minimal minutes. Uh, Jake, uh, I know you're going to yeah. agree with me. Yeah, yeah I agree with you there. I think yeah, he, no. he's definitely got the pedigree. Um, so I think, yeah, if he gets a bench spot, which looks likely, he's, he's playing well and trialing well. So, at 260K, not really many front row options. We don't get them every year. So I think, yeah, he'll be a lock, and I think he'll be in a lot of, stars, a lot of teams as a cheapy option. Yeah, 100%. Um, we'll go down to Terrell May from the Roosters, a guy that seems to be – doesn't matter that he's on the bench. Uh, high, Very high PPM, getting better, obviously up for grabs. So do the Roosters give me some more minutes attempting to stay? We know he wants to play with his brother, so we think that's going to be – the pull to getting some butt. In the end of the day, you kind of look at him and go, oh, I'd be better if he was starting. But you look at his numbers, and even on the weekend, they played a pretty, um, as you said before, full strength side. And I think the super coach points that he pumped out in the time he played was pretty, pretty good. So I don't know if I'm going to take the pun on the bench, but at the same time, that price is right to kind of pair him with Ruben Cotter. I'm troubled with Ruben Cotter. Like, you know, obviously. Samuel Hughes and Willison could be plays at times, but you kind of want to. I'm looking for a guy around that 350 to 450 mark to be my second front rower. Um, as I believe, yeah, you know, I think that's that's kind of the right cash generation that suits my side. Um, didn't look too keen there on Terrell Make, Jay. No, I mean, a lot, a lot of hype on him because of how he kind of finished the year. Um, I'm not really keen on him. I think there's you got 
Victor Radley's going to be playing big minutes. I think Connor Watson's going to be pretty important through the middle for him. Uh, I think he's going to play a lot of minutes. I think then that'll whether he's playing hooker or, or lock, I think that means Cheese goes in the middle. Um, I, Lindsay Collins is another guy who's going to play big minutes because, you know, origin-level player. So I just don't see the – I know he doesn't need the minutes, but you, if you're paying what you kind of got produced by last year, which is Lindsay's price of like a 42, I don't see him improving much on that, um, where I think we can maybe go someone that's – Around around that mid range price that we can probably see a bit more value in. Um, that's why I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't see the ter- Terrell May height uh, in terms of Supercoach. I mean, as a player, he was killing at the end of last year, but in Supercoach, in how it's kind of set up for the Roosters, I, I don't think there's enough value in it for me. Yeah, with these other options, there's probably a couple I like better, but I don't mind the pun if you're feeling him. Um, the Bunnies players, we mentioned Dyer before, could be an option, but there's another two. Tavita Totola and Sean Kepi. Um, I had Tavita Totola in my team before the trials and after the trial. Him and Kepi both did amazing, and I thought, oh, if I like the look of both of these guys, I'm better off having Kepi at this stage because he's cheaper. The main thing with Kepi's game that I preferred to Totola's was the offload. If he seems to develop a bit more of an offload, you're only 40 minutes with his PPM. 50 points, beautiful. You'll take that as your second prop, you know, as a rough calculation there. Um, Totola, I like as the fact that we know what he can do. He's kind of that pod that used to sit at around the 550 to 600K mark. And I believe, you know, he had a bit of a disrupted season last year and the injuries and all that kind of crap. If he comes back, I think he can, you know, he's just a bit of a kind of like an underpriced guy that I think is a bit underpriced for what he can do. And, um, both both very low owned. So Kepi seems to be an option both a couple of years and just hasn't ticked on. Moved over from Manly. Looks like you'll start at prop. Obviously, if you didn't start at prop, I'd just switch back to Totola. But kind of at the price, as I said, with people like Sam Hughes and Revenge, I'm happy to take a punt on a guy like this. Um, 4% for Kepi at the moment, and I'm sure Totola, yeah, 2, 2.6%. Uh, thoughts, Jack? Um, yeah, I thought, yeah, especially Kepi, he was, he was good on the weekend in the trial. Uh, Totola, very, like you said, he's just a meat and potato sort of player. He's, you know, hit-ups and runs, doesn't really add any attacking stats, but he's averaged 50 in the past, so he's, I think he's maybe priced at maybe 40-ish, low 40, so definitely some value, potential, potential value um, in, in Totola. I think Kepi, again, he just hasn't taken that next jump um, in Supercoach, like last year, he was everyone sort of. Well, a lot of people started with him, and he kind of just plodded along and didn't take that that jump. Didn't get the minutes. I don't know if he gets that at Souths either. Uh, I know their their bench is a bit maybe a bit uncertain um, in terms of rotation. But Cam Murray's going to be playing nearly eighty minutes. Um, Talis Duncan seems to be you know one that they wanted to promote and get in the, into the middle because he's kind of like a. Uh, Cameron Murray while Cameron Murray's not on the field, maybe. Um, so I don't know. They they both seem to be. Uh, there's definitely value in both of them. Um, I don't know if there's there's enough, but again, front row. There's barely any value in front row, so you may as well just go with someone that can get you, you know, enough points to get by with, and hopefully, you know, snag a try or or have one big game, get your price rise, and hopefully on sell them for someone that's fallen in price. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, with these guys, I think forty minutes could be enough for someone like Kepi if he puts a bit. Oh, of you take in forty minutes for, for either of them, hundred percent. But there, yeah, there is a world where maybe they get a little bit less, and I think Totola is kind of their seasoned guy. Um, probably could get more minutes out of the two, but uh, yeah, I guess it's a, a wait and see. Because in two thousand twenty-two, Totola averaged fifty-one, and last year forty-three. So if he some can go back to that, then you know, you some could say he's eight points undervalued. So. Um, yeah, keen on both of these guys as I'm keen on a cheaper second starter. Um, go over to the Panthers. And I want to go over to the Panthers because we expect on the bench, no Spencer Lenu. There is a world where Maverick Gaia could start. I think there is. But I believe uh, the next man up, uh, and I've usually been pretty on the money with who I believe the next man up is going to be, and I believe it will be Liam Henry. We've already seen a lot by him. He'll be 238K. Um, but he, he'll, he'll be like Spencer Lino. He's going to get a few minutes 
And you could take a punt if you want to, but I mean, I prefer obviously the Hughes and Willison over over him. But I do want to talk about Fisher, Harrow, and Leota just a little bit. 515K, 444K for most Leota, both owned under 5%. I don't know if I'd take the punt on these guys, but I think realistically, you're not going to see their minutes uptick. I think you might fall in a trap with going these guys. But at the end of the day, like, Leota's just getting better and better. Um, if you said to Tola, like maybe, you know, like towards the end of the grand final, look at some of the attacking stats he was selling in the pool. And uh, Leota was one of those guys that was just knocking the ball all the time. That's become fast. One of my favorite plays in Penrith. So maybe if I've got the money, I might just do something sneaky and cheeky. And instead of Kepi or Totola, I'll run Moses Leota as just a Hail Mary. And I could see a world where at that price point, it could work. Uh, but, I guess with them, you want to go for guys that you think are going to increase in minute or increase in role. And um, look, their minutes aren't going to change and they're heavily relied on to lay the foundation for Cleary. So uh bit of a wild a wild one. Uh, yeah, Jake, when, when you've won how many in a row, uh, as I can see in the back of just just behind you there, Mikey, our other side, yeah. He, he made sure to set that up. Um, yeah, I forgot I had it. Started, oh, yeah. wanted Get on prop. When you've won, you know, however many in a row, you don't really need to change what, what's what's not broken, do you? So I think nah. they're going to be playing the same minutes. Joey's going to be playing 80. You're going to be bringing on, you know, Lindsay Smith, um, Liam Henry or Mav Guy, whoever's kind of in, in that middle rotation. Gardner. Um, or Garner, yeah, moves, I guess, souls to the middle. So they, they kind of – you don't really need to change it. Get you away from it yeah. much, yeah. Um, before uh, anyone, any other front row that we haven't mentioned, there is one more I have, but we'll flick to you. Uh, you well, I kind of wanted to bring up the discussion you, you did mention about Penrith Spencer Linu, 20% owned. Yeah, good. I one. mean, we we talked about uh Terrell May before. I kind of just forgot that Spencer Linu was at the Roosters. He's kind of a guy that I think's over owned. Um, I know he's cheap ish, but I don't. I see him playing the same role he did at Penrith at the Roosters, that impact player. Come on, go hammer and tong for 15, 20 minutes, and then that's kind of it. I don't see it being super coach relevant. Are you kind of under that that same uh, opinion? I've had him in and out of my side. I do kind of agree with it, but he's pretty cheap. And if he goes to the Roosters and starts, uh, they're going to have a pretty stacked bench. I don't know if he's going to have enough of a minute increase, but – at 330k as a backup from Roa, like I still think the tries are going to be on offer at the Roosters. He's going to get fed nice sharp balls from Hooker. Um, what from especially from from Cheese? Oh, who likes to run himself? No, but no, not him. But when when Watson comes on the field, I'll be a bit yeah. more interested. Um, but at the same time, yeah, like 330k, I think he could be worth the punt. I know a lot of seasoned super coaches that aren't too keen on him, but I think for that price point, if there isn't too many other options, um. I don't hate, you know, a stab in the dark at him. Like, I don't currently have him, but if he's starting, I think it might pull a few more people in. But at the same time, I think whether or not he starts, I think the minutes are going to be the same. But I think the main reason he would have gone to the Roosters, surely, I know he wants to be a starter. So if he wants to be a starter, maybe do we see a little bit more to Spencer Linu? And that could be a, a, a reason that there could be value in him, which I definitely think there is, there could, there is some value in there. You just want to have him for that nice little run of tries where you can at least make your 100K and move on. Yeah, he definitely has that potential. What about you, Mikey? Uh, guy, is this your last guy? Yeah, Max King, um, if you wanted a higher profile option, 5.3%. And the big thing with the Bulldogs is there is a hole at front row for them. I know you said there's a world where you know, Samuel Hughes could be starting with him, but out of all their options, Max King now looks to be the – the leading guy, no, no Thompson. Uh, he looks to be the the main guy for the the Bulldogs that are going to pour these minutes and um, just a meat and potatoes kind of guy. What you see is what you get. Uh, you're not going to get all those crazy tries or nothing like that. But um, we could see more minutes on the table for him. And in saying that, which is what makes him a you know for the pod hunters a decent option. One that I don't currently have, but I don't hate it. If you wanted to run. Two more decent options. I don't mind a Cotter and Max King combo at front row. I think that'd be one where I, w- I wouldn't stress as hard. to go, yep, these guys would lay enough of a platform to start the season. Why I sweep and fix other spots and target other spots. Uh, any love for Max King, Jake? 
Uh, yes, definitely. He's actually what he's actually in my team. Um, no, he's nice. Kind of been. Oh, he's yeah, been in and out. Um, but I last year kind of put the offload away, and I think that was kind of with the injuries he, he kind of had, and I guess the Bulldogs were kind of missing a lot of players as well. So I think offload may come back. We saw, I think it was it was easily top five in offloads a couple of years ago in terms of forwards. Um, two years ago, and I think he can be back. I think you're going to get 55, 60 minutes out of him. Um, so I think you can definitely average over 60, which which means he's, he's priced Huge, at a discount. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm definitely keen on Max King, and I think his ownership will potentially go up uh, leading into leading into round zero or round one, whatever, whatever we're calling it. Yeah, high, high on my radar, that's for sure. Um, I think we've done a pretty good cover there, Jake. Uh, that kind of wraps us up for technically our final, um, you know, that's all our positions done in three episodes. Um, kind of to get the momentum going for the year, we might have a break. I'm not sure. Obviously, um, next week, I will, uh, if we're both available, I'll, we'll do a proper pre-season. Uh, we'll do a trial wrap-up. Yeah, might wrap even up. get some questions up there. Uh, I definitely think, and then we'll probably, obviously, be if we can't link up with Sabs and Tim for their main podcast we will also do a short uh round zero team list the four teams to talk about so we will do one for that um obviously i'm gonna be very keen to you know i'm gonna be up nice and early on sunday morning to watch a pre-season challenge very keen for that um overall code there just reminder two eight one one six four five jump into that on sav's uh, podcast He'll tell you what the prizes are. Um, at the same time, too, we're getting close to round zero. If you are a super coach that lives in Sydney and you're going to be going to or got a ticket to that, uh, that Vegas thing that they're doing, um, me, Tim, and also Savs are going to be there. So uh, come say hi if you go on there. Pretty keen to watch the opening round there. I think it'll be a bit of fun with some crazy super coaches. So if you are going to that and you see us, come say hi. Um, apart from that, thanks for coming on, Jake. And... Uh, yeah, keen for another week of trials, I bet. Yeah, 100%, man. It's, uh, I guess we've gone through all our teams now. It's just concentrating on the trials and fine-tuning all our teams. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Which I'm sure with all the changes we've been doing, I'm sure there'll be many more after this week's one as we see what we think will be more consolidated sides. 100%. I guess we'll get team lists tomorrow as well. So, well, not, well tomorrow for us, but you guys already know the team list because it's probably come out on – Thursday or Wednesday. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, you guys, by the time you're watching this, you know what the team was are, or we don't. Uh, but yeah, uh, have fun taking your sides apart, everyone, and we'll catch you next week.